SAFM Sports Wrap. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. Yes, I did make the second flight, so that's good news. You'll find out more about that tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. I've got no doubt Pongi Gwala will put me to the sword to find out why I missed my flight home from Cape Town last night. Uh, coming up in tonight's show, we'll chat to Bat Cox ahead of the Pro Tiers final pool game against the UAE on Thursday. We'll also touch base with Banyana Banyana coach Vera Powell, and we'll find out about the under-23 football squad that was announced today for their trip to Palestine. But we start with cricket news and India downed Ireland by eight wickets in their final pool, me- uh, pool B match today uh, to top the pool, having won all five of their group matches. Batting first, Ireland were bowled out for 259. In reply, man of the match, Shikhar Darwin scored 100 from 85 balls to set up the defending champions' victory by eight wickets with 79 balls remaining. Natalie Germanis will have more later on in the show. South Africa have one game to come in the pool stages against the UAE on Thursday with Pakistan, Ireland and the Proteas all on six points. It's a match. A.B. de Villiers' charges must win win in order to progress to the knockout stages without depending on other results. Mornay Morkul says despite two losses in the pool stages to India and Pakistan, the team is still on track to win their maiden World Cup title. Three, three solid games now away from, from lifting a trophy and I think that's the main, main focus. You know, yes, there's lessons learned from Pakistan and India and all those sort of things, but you know, um, on the day we've got 11 match winners in this in, in starting 11 and it is just, uh, you know, a guy's you know, pulling and working well in partnerships. You know, at least we we're aware of the things we need to improve on. At least we we we've got answers to the grey areas, um, and you know, we're going to work on those sort of things. And then you know, we can only get better. Two matches look forward to in the Absa Premiership tonight. Budvest Vits have the opportunity to move into second place on the log when they take on Amazulu at the Moses Mabida Stadium in Durban. The night's other match sees Orlando Pirates host Chipper United. Kickoff is at 7.30. There's also some UEFA Champions League action to look forward to. At quarter to ten, Real Madrid have a 2-0 aggregate lead and they welcome Schalke at the Bernabeu while Porto host Basel. Those teams are deadlocked going into the match but Porto have a valuable away goal after their one all draw in the first leg. South African under-23 uh, squad was announced today by coach Owen de Gama ahead of their trip to Palestine. We'll hear more about that in this evening's show. Football Association of Malawi has withdrawn its national team from participation in the 2016 Chan qualifiers, citing a lack of funds. In rugby news, good news for the Cheetahs. Saro Pretorius and Bok flanker Heinrich Brousseau are back for the clash against the Sharks in Bloem on Saturday. Dwoko Opomohodje has been rested in accordance with the agreement with SA Rugby and he's replaced by Tini Berger. Johan Sadi also back in the starting 15 with Michael van der Spee dropping to the bench. Stormers in Western Province forward Michael Rhodes has signed a deal with English club Saracens and he'll leave uh, Western Province at the end of this season. In Sevens news, Sevens utility player Stephen Hunt will be out for at least six weeks. That after he underwent surgery for a fractured foot. Uh, he'll miss the next two legs. Good news though is uh, that Justin Gedult has recovered from his hamstring strain and is back. And finally, some sad news. Olympic swimming champion Kimil Mufa, bronze medalist boxer Alexis Vasti and yachtswoman Florice Otton were among the 10 people killed when two helicopters collided in Argentina while shooting a reality TV show. Sad indeed. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll chat to Natalie Germanis. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, India concluded their pool stages. Today they took on Ireland. Natalie Germanis filed this report. India have now won five games on the trot and have now bowled out the opposition in five consecutive matches. It's the first time they've done that in one-day international history.
This time around, the opponents were Ireland, and they were at Seddon Park in Hamilton, where Ireland won the toss and chose to bat first. They put on a good start, though, with an 89-run opening partnership inside of 15 overs. Paul Sterling, though, was dismissed eventually for 42 from 41 with four fours and two sixes. He was caught by Rohani of the bowling of Ravi Chandran Ashwin. Even though they lost Ed Joyce shortly after that, they still continued to put on some good partnerships, with William Porterfield and Nilo O'Brien taking the score up to 145. William Porterfield then was dismissed by Sharma for 67 from 93 with five fours and one six. Nile O'Brien continued to bat on and his strike rate of 100 gave him 75 from 75 deliveries with seven fours and three sixes, while Andy Balberni made 24 from 24, hitting three fours. But then the innings started to fall away and the lower order batsmen weren't able to contribute enough to put a decent total on the board. Eventually, they made 259 all out in 49 overs, with Mohammad Shami picking up three for 41 in his nine overs, while Ravi Chandran Ashwin took two for 38 in 10 which included a maiden. In India's reply, they ended up giving a couple of chances to England up front, with Dalvan being dropped twice, but Ireland weren't able to take either of them. Chicago Van was caught by Porterfield eventually of the bowling of Thompson, but that wasn't before he had made 100. He made 100 of 85 with 11 fours and five sixes, and he grabbed the Man of the Match award. It's his second 100 of the tournament, and he shared an opening partnership of 174 with Rohit Sharma, who made 64 from 66 with three fours and three sixes. He was eventually bowled by Stuart Thompson, the only bowler to pick up wickets in the innings, but Virat Kohli and Ajinka Rahani saw things through to the end. With Virat Kohli making an undefeated 44 from 42 with four fours and one six, and Ajinka Rahani was undefeated at the end on 33 from 28, hitting six fours, helping their team to cross the line in just the 37th over. Stuart Thompson finished with two for 45 in his six overs. India now sits on the top of Pool B with 10 points. Nobody can pass them. They have a net run rate of plus 2.157, while Ireland from their five games have six points. Their net run rate is minus 1.014. They still have an opportunity to qualify for the quarterfinals. Their last game is against Pakistan. If they defeat Pakistan or if there is no result and it's rained out, they can still make it through to the quarterfinals. From Pakistan's point of view, their net run rate is minus 0.194, while the West Indies have to play the UAE. Their net run rate is minus 0.511. So their net run rate is better than Ireland, but from their five games, they only have four points. If they defeat the UAE and defeat them well, they've got a chance of making it through. But they have to hope that at least there is a, a, a result in the Ireland-Pakistan game. And preferably, Pakistan would have to win it. Natalie Jamanis for SFM Sports. The Sharks got a bite into the Lions to secure their first win of the 2015 Super Rugby season and will now hope to turn on the heat as they welcome the Chiefs to the very warm city of Durban. Be sure not to miss this potential thriller on the 21st of March 2015. Tune in for live commentary and crossings as the action unfolds at the Kings Park Stadium at 10 past 7. Brought to you by SABC Sport. Did you know vitamins and minerals are required by the body to grow, develop and function normally and to support a healthy immune system? Did you know antioxidants can prevent free radicals from causing cell damage? Did you know rooibos is rich in flavonoids and has an anti-aging effect? Gotha Health has combined multivitamins, minerals, antioxidants and rooibos extract into one product, Oxyvite, an advanced liquid formulation for better absorption. 
Oxyvite syrup for adults and Oxyvite syrup for children is now available at pharmacies and health shops. More information at gothahealth.co.za. From Cape Town to Messina, if you've got a parcel to send, Speed Services has you covered. For just 69 Rand, you can send a package of up to 1.5 kilograms to any corner of South Africa with effect from 1st of March until the 31st of March 2015 at any post office counter to counter. Call the customer care line on 0860 023 133 or visit speedservices.co.za for more. Terms and conditions apply. Speed Services Couriers, the shortest distance between two points. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information leader and uh, time to chat some World Cup cricket. The Proteas with one more game to play in the pool stages before the all-important uh, quarterfinals. And there's still much to play for in Pool B India. Uh, another superb performance today against Ireland. So making it five from five and uh, no doubt top of the group. But if you look at the next three spots, still everything to play for. And we join now by former pro tier Pat Simcox. Pat, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap. Thanks for your time this evening. Uh, lots at stake for the pro tiers uh, against the UAE, but one that they should really win uh, on paper. But we all know cricket matches aren't won on paper. Yes, good afternoon, Brad. Um, nice to join you. Absolutely. Um, at UAE, you kind of think we'd beat them with our eyes closed or um, without breaking the sweat, but all of a sudden you would think uh, we need to get a couple of things right, get some basics right and, and win convincingly, just get a bit of confidence back. But there's a lot to play for. A lot of, a lot of things can be dealt with in the UAE game, although we, um, we don't see them as a, as a real threat at all. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's it's one that we should really breeze through and uh, it could be a great opportunity to sort out one or two of the issues. And let's chat about some of those issues. I think the big one's obviously uh, chasing. We've we've really struggled uh, with the chase in this World Cup. The uh, the two times that we've uh, been asked to chase the total down, we've we've fallen short against India and Pakistan. That should uh, that should be a big concern for the squad. I would think it is a little bit of a concern because the the, the critical moments in matches where you, you know the defining moments where if you lose that little moment, you can lose the match. And that's kind of where we've played those little moments badly. But against the UAE, I wouldn't be too concerned about chasing. I think the biggest opportunity that exists against the UAE is do you go with um, Quinton de Cox for one more game or do you not? And, and the thought now would be, oh, well, let's, let's move on. But I'm, I just get the feeling that if, if, if he needs some game time, he needs to spend an hour and a half at the crease, get a 70 or 80, get a 100, whatever. And I'd be tempted to, that's the game I'd want him to play. Um, and unfortunately, people already started to think, well, drop him. But I, that's the game I'd say, Quinton, have a knock and see if you can get in and spend a bit of time. And, and if you can get in for an hour and a half and hit them in the middle and just get off and get a start and get some confidence, then you start to think, well, you know, the next game he's got confidence, so I can still keep him as an opening batter. If he fails again, well, then you lost nothing because Rousseau's got he got some uh, form anyway, and then you would open the batting with him, and then, you know, then maybe you would keep. So that kind of is probably their biggest decision. Ben, it, it's an interesting dilemma. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Quinton de Kock because uh, there have been cries to, to drop him, first of all, but there's also been, been a lot of cries to say push him down the order. But I think the big question there is will pushing him down the order give him an opportunity to, to find some confidence? And, and I think the question needs to be asked if he wasn't, if he wasn't a wicketkeeper, if he was just an opening bat. And let's use a Graham Smith as an example. And if he was out of form, would you drop him down the order? And I don't think the, the answer to that question is yes. 
No, definitely not, Brad. I mean, that would be probably the biggest panic mistake that we'd ever make. To drop a guy who's got no form down to number seven who doesn't back there. And we know that number seven, eight is a critical position when it comes to winning games at the end. You know, God forbid you get into a position where you're needing 50 runs or 25 balls and in walks a bloke who's got no form, has never batted at number seven and really hasn't got any experience of chasing down a total. So I, uh, that would be a, a real bad mistake. Absolute bad mistake. It's either he opens the batting and he has form after the UAE game or that's his World Cup really done. And and then you've got to work out who you bring in at number seven or, 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 or just work all that out, you know. But Vernon Philander, if he's fit, I'd want my four picks in there and I think Vernon's good enough to bat at number seven. So I'd, I'd want to bat Vernon at number seven and then, you know, Dale Stane, Mornay Morkel and, and Kyle Abbott and then my leg spinner in runs out here at number 11. And your top six batters, with Riley who's opening the batting, and Vernon batting at seven, that's just probably as good a side as you're going to need in Australia with some bounce and pace. And four fast bowlers with a really leg spinner that's in form. Why would you not go with that at think? It's, it sounds like a, a great plan, Pat. One of the one of the big things too that's come out of uh, the loss, particularly against Pakistan, and uh, from from all the armchair pundits, is is that oh, it's all it's it's South Africa aren't performing well. But at the end of the day, uh, it's a World Cup, and it only really starts now. I mean, there's four games to win the title for the Pro Tiers, and that's all we need to focus on. It doesn't matter what's happened; we we need to win those four games. Exactly. You know, in past World Cups, we've been the team that have run run hot up front and and won five in a row and then got knocked out. We've been that side. So that's where India find themselves now. Now they've got the real pressure on them. They actually now start to become real favourites to win it. Which is, yeah, they, were, they are the holders, but kind of not a tag that you want. Right now, we, we can quietly just go under the radar, into UAE, straight through, and now we start the real, this is the business end. But, but more than that, I just want to make another point to you, Brad, is, is what I've been what's carefully watching. You know, it's not so much as the personnel of getting the best out of them. And up until now, I think AB's missed a trick or two with his fast bowlers. And I, and, and I say that because I was disappointed against Pakistan that we used a spinner that early against an, a, a batting lineup that we know if we knock two or three over. And for me, I just see Dale Stein has steadily got better and better, and so is Mornay Morkel, and so is Kyle Abbott. And I'd want him to start maximizing them in Australian pitches. Use the pace and bounce. You know, don't uh, try and fudge our way through three overs of Dale Stain and try and keep him to the end. We know that we've got Imran Tahir can bowl in the middle, he can bowl at the end, and start looking to be a little bit more bolder and take wickets. Take wickets up front. And and you'll start to put teams under pressure as opposed to saying, well, we'll hold Stain back and try and get Germany to bowl us a couple of overs. I think we just need to work out that. Speaking of teams under pressure, what do you make of England's exit so early? Well, not a surprise, really. You know, they've been, a, they've been disjointed for so long. Um, and, and the question is always whether, you know, KP should be playing or not. It's not really a factor, but it's almost as if England have isolated themselves from the rest of the world's one-day scenario. They, You can clearly see they, they're behind the modern game almost. It's like a, they're in a dark place. where They just stay by themselves, kind of, you know. They don't partake in the IPL. They're kind of different to everyone. And the players are almost all stereotype players. They don't have the Chris Gales or a David Miller or an A.B. De Villiers or a, you know, a, a Warner. They don't have any of those. So they've lost them. As I said, county cricketers just become stereotypes. Even their bowlers, you know. Anderson's old now. He does the same thing. Broad's lost pace. They just look a real average, ordinary club kind of county team. Um, 
and, and the inevitable that they were going to be under pressure. Yeah, when, uh, losing four out of five, not a great result, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to be on that well, plane on the way home. Yeah, it's going to roll, that's for sure. <laughs> Pat Simcox, always great to catch up. Thank you so much for your time. We look forward to chatting again, and, and let's hope it's four games. That's all it is. Believe. Have a good evening. SAFM Sports Wrap. You tune into SAFM Sports Wrap, and we are in the middle of the Cyprus Women's Cup. We chatted to her this past weekend ahead of Banyana Banyana's final uh, group match or pool match of uh, the tournament against the Czech Republic. And she joins us once again, coach of uh, the South African national women's football team, Vera Power. Vera, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap. Thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us. Unfortunately, uh, Banyana weren't able to win yesterday. One loss to, to the Czech Republic. Yeah, that was a bit unfortunate, but I must also say that um, this is the third game into our pre-season tournament, whereas for the opposition, they are in full competition. And um, that showed, especially in the first half, um, our legs are getting tired. Their legs started to get tired in the second half, so that it was a bit more equal. But in the first half, we got under pressure, especially because of that. And uh, they are big and strong, so uh, our players, many of them, have played here the first game in three months' time, and they were only starting to train a week before we left uh, South Africa. So in that sense, I also must give them a compliment in the way that uh, they've been fighting throughout the game. Vera, it is a pre-season tournament. The, the qualifiers you, you've got coming up are obviously vitally important. And, and I think you mentioned an important fact there. South Africa picked up uh, the spot in the tournament last minute, so it was a very rushed affair to get you to the tournament. But uh, basically three very competitive matches in the space of six days. And, and I think the team yeah. has, has really, really done well. I mean, they've picked up one win, they've lost two, and uh, they, they, they've got one more game left. They're playing for the ninth and tenth position against Finland. But, but even, even so, because it was so last minute... I I think it says a lot for their fitness and the work they've done in the off-season. Um, that is indeed. Uh, the players are much fitter than we had expected. Uh, so that brings them through the tournament. We have hardly any injuries. So that is very, very good. Um, and uh, again, the, our game against Mexico, should, we should have won if, if the referee would have been awake a little bit. Um, so in that sense, yes, we are doing really well here. And it's a fantastic preparation to our qualifying match against Botswana next week. Uh, we've got one game to go, Finland, very big and strong team. Um, so we can um, we can expect to fight again. And that in itself is very good because here we get the pressure that we would never get uh, at home. And um, they will make steps. They are making big steps, huge steps in the experience of playing uh, as a team against very strong opposition. That is what we were lacking. That is what we are asking for and we get it. And so we're very happy that we're here. And I think the tournament, apart from uh, that we had hope as a result, of course, but um, we are playing all top 20 nations. Uh, so in that sense, the results are not strange, but uh, we had to show them a bit better, I guess. Vera, as far as Finland goes, uh, I know you have specific outcomes for, for every game that you, you have the team play and, and there's certain things that you want the team to work on and improve on. What, what are you looking at from, from a South African team perspective for the match against Finland? <coughs> Sorry. 
Um, the key is that we, um, as a team, that we occupy our positions better than in the previous game. Um, we can play in between the lines because Finland is playing a very rigid 1-4-4-2 system with four in line in the back, four in line uh, in midfield and two in line up front. So our aim is with the mobility that we have to play in between the lines and uh, to stay out of the duos in, in our attack. And when they are attacking, when we are defending, key is that um, we call each other, um, that we're very close to each other in a very compact block because they are big and strong and otherwise we cannot uh, keep them away from our goal. Uh, if we execute that well, we even have a chance to win, I guess, tomorrow. Well, let's hope that is the case. Vera, you mentioned the qualifiers, Botswana up first, and it's not a, not a very long turnaround time before that qualifier. Is, is tomorrow's mm-hmm. game, are you going into this that it's a case of win at all costs, or is it more important to get those structures right and, and play the sort of football you want to play? And if a win comes, then so be it. But if, uh, if we don't win, yes. then so be it too. Exactly. That last thing which you mentioned, it's very important that everybody realizes uh, that we're here to get ready for the qualifiers later and that people do not judge on the results only here. Again, we are pre-season. Players have not played for three months. If it would have been that easy, then the eight months of preparation before a WC would not have made any sense, would it? Um, it shows that you need preparation. It shows that you have to be at your best to have a chance internationally. And with this Cyprus Cup, I'm sure that we have better preparation than Botswana has. So in that sense, indeed, it is about getting the structures right, getting the players ready for our uh, qualifiers next week. As far as the team goes, uh, you, you said no injuries. Uh, six, uh, six days, basically, the last three games. Uh, is, is, is everyone in, in the squad fine? We, we're not really battling. Everyone should be okay to play and should be okay for those qualifiers? Um, yes, there is, we had two injuries, but that was before the tournament. And that, and that is due to start up in the preseason with one ankle injury of Mamelo. She'll be fine for Botswana. If we take her, we need to see the, the last few games. And we had uh, goalkeeper Andile Zamini who landed wrongly. Um, and we are really careful with her because it was uh, a great one and she had a knee injury. So um, we are very careful with her. We don't take any risks. Uh, but other than that, in, within the tournament, we did not pick up from injury. And that is fantastic if you compare the, compos- the opposition, uh, the strength we're playing against, but also uh, the phase in, in preparation where we are. Well, let's hope that trend continues tomorrow. Vera Powell, thank you so much for joining us this evening on SAFM Sports Trap. Please pass in our best to the team. Good luck for that. Kickoff is at midday local time. South Africa taking on Finland for the ninth and 10th place, uh, or in the ninth and 10th place playoff. And uh, Canada up against England late tomorrow evening in the final of the Cyprus Women's Cup. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, there's been lots of football for South African teams, and not Bafana Bafana, all our age-representative teams, Banyana Banyana as well, and the national under-23 teams, no different. They've been inactive for almost three years, but they're starting with preparations for the All-Africa Games qualifiers. The team will hope to follow in the footsteps of the national under-17 side. Amajimbos have set the bar by reaching the final of the CAF Youth Championship. The Olympic hopefuls will play against Palestine this coming Saturday. Mdduzi Ndlovu filed this report. The national under-23 football team has been inactive for almost three years. The last time the team played was during the qualifiers for the 2012 London Olympic Games. 
The team has to prepare for the All-Africa Games qualifiers that will be staged later this year. The Olympic team's first practice match will be away to Palestine in Hebron on Saturday. There is a synergy in the national teams that's being implemented by Bafana Bafana assistant coach Owen Dagama, who doubles as the head coach of the under-23 team. He is optimistic he can bring his Bafana international experience into the under-23 team. The vision at SAFA is that uh, the under-23s are never going to be dominant. We're going to consistently play and compete. You know, in the past, if you don't qualify for the Olympics, it's dead. It's the end of the road. You wait for the next two, three years, and you start again. And that does not help Bafana. That's obvious because this is your last stepping stone for under-23 players to get an opportunity to be reckoned with at Bafana. But most importantly, we need players to get international experience. When they get called up to Bafana, it's not a cultural shock, you know. They've got the experience. They come into Bafana, Bafana, and that helps the team. And I think that's important. But uh, we've got a wealth of experience here. And uh, what we're trying to do is just to create this pool of players because as you know the availability of the under 23 players has always been a problem but eventually the whole idea is to phase in the under 20s phase in the under 23s and all the other quality players under 23 players that can make this pool that's why we jumped at the opportunity to play against palestine for our children to get international experience there are some familiar faces in dagama's team this include Kaiser Chiefs Julio Simpiwem Twen and Lorenzo Codinho, as well as Orlando Pirates skillful attacking midfielder Menzi Masugu and defender Mbongeni Kumete. Kumete says as players, they are happy to be given an opportunity to represent their country. Firstly, I'd like to thank the coach for selecting me because it's going to be a great experience and it's going to be our first time going to Palestine. But I think we're looking forward to it and then we're going to showcase our talent and then we're going to show them what we made of in South Africa. We're pretty much prepared mentally and physically because uh, we're going to start uh, playing against Sudan and uh, it's going to be away and it's going to be tough. And uh, I think we as the players, we are prepared and the coach uh, has put much effort in preparing for us to go to the All-Africa Games being the best. Masuku played a pivotal role in Pirates' multi-choice skill challenge team, including scoring a couple of goals. The midfielder says they will do their best in Palestine. We have been waiting for a long time for this kind of camp for the under-23s. I think the team is well. According to what I've, I've seen, we're gelling well, we're working hard. We'll do well as long as we keep on working hard. Mtsweni conquers with Masuku. Since we came here, everything has been looking good. We've played like two friendly games. And so far, so good. We like we won our friendly game. We wouldn't say that it's a team that just got together in a camp. On their return from Palestine, the under-23s will go to camp and prepare for the All Africa Games qualifiers. I am Mtuduzin Lovu in Johannesburg. Check in, check out, free breakfast and coffee in the lounge. Can't wait to get home. Oh no, I forgot our anniversary. What am I gonna get her? Hang on. I haven't used my SAA Voyager companion ticket yet. Hmm, I hear Mauritius is nice this time of year. Passport, please. Enjoy a complimentary companion ticket upon reaching your spend threshold with your SAA Voyager American Express Premium Credit Card. Plus, you get 19,000 bonus SAA Voyager miles on your first trip. Apply for your card at nedbank.co.za forward slash SAA or flysaa.com and accelerate your miles earning rate. Terms, conditions and spend thresholds apply. 
We're an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. Make things happen. Nedbank. Tax tip number 12. If making a payment to SARS or submitting a return is on your to-do list for the end of March, why not tick it off earlier and submit today? To avoid any risk of late payment, SARS urges all taxpayers who are making payments on 31 March 2015 to do so by 12 midday. Remember, payments and submissions received after the deadline will be marked as late and you will be liable for penalties and interest. Thank you for building a better tomorrow. SARS, at your service. From Cape Town to Messina, if you've got a parcel to send, Speed Services has you covered. For just 69 Rand, you can send a package of up to 1.5 kilograms to any corner of South Africa with effect from 1st of March until the 31st of March 2015 at any post office counter-to-counter. Call the customer care line on 0860 023 or visit speedservices.co.za for more. Terms and conditions apply. Speed Services Couriers, the shortest distance between two points. SAFM Sports Wrap. You tune in to South Africa's news and information leader, and I can tell you the South African men's hockey team in action uh, against Switzerland as we speak all part of uh, International Hockey uh, World League that's taking place at Hartley Vale this evening, and uh, South Africa 1-0 up thanks to an Austin Smith drag flick, and uh, we'll have the result of that one for you tomorrow morning on AM Live. Also some news coming through on the wires, and good news it is for Team MTN Quebec, powered by Samsung. They've received wild cards to two of the biggest uh, one-day classics on the cycling calendar, the Liege, Baston, Liege, as well as the Flesh Wallon. Uh, so congratulations to uh, Douglas Ryder. That's all in the build-up to the 2015 Tour de France that they'll be riding for the first time this year as well. Fantastic to see South Africa and Africa's cycling represented so well and so big on the international cycling stage as well. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of SAFM Sports I'll be back uh, to face the music with Bongi Guala as to why I missed my flight from Cape Town last night on PM uh, Live tomorrow afternoon at uh, 4 p.m. Looking forward to that. Don't forget you can catch Janet Witten tomorrow morning on AM Live with some more sports. Coming up next, it is the talk shop from myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty. Until tomorrow, have yourself a great evening. Cheers.